Hello, everybody, and welcome to another exciting episode of Kodo's Cinema. That's right, we are in our third epi episode of Kodo's Cinema. Can you believe that? I mean, like, this is the third time I'm doing it for, do I'm doing it uh, on Monday. Yeah, that's actually exciting. Anyway, I am your host, Mark Kodo, and today we are going to do my top 10 my top 10 favorite third installments in movies. So similar to last week where I talked about the top 10 movie trilogies, I'm talking about like a third movie in a trilogy. So yes, that's what I'm doing today. My top 10 favorite third installments. All right. So basically, uh, uh, so basically, basically uh, spoiler alert. I forgot to say uh, spoiler alert last week, but I am saying spoiler alert, uh, for, for this episode because uh, you may uh, you may come into some spoilers on the movies I'm gonna talk about so anyway uh, and some of the, some of the third installments will be from prequels as well and and here's and like I said last week I have nothing against the prequels despite their flaws but you know sometimes a third installment in a prequels can count as a third installment at times all right good all right. I'm going to about to start off with my number 10. Kicking off with number 10 is The Hobbit, The Battle of the Five Armies. Kicking off this list is the conclusion to The Hobbit Trilogy. Now, uh, last week, uh, as I mentioned uh, about The Hobbit Trilogy, The Hobbit Trilogy is based off of one book, which is The Hobbit. Or as what many people like to call it, There and Back Again. That's just basically the name of the book. Now, the book... Is the book of the Hobbit is one book, and the movies, and the three movies of the Hobbit trilogy is split into three movies. Now, the Battle of the Five Armies is the conclusion to the Hobbit trilogy. Now, what makes this my favorite third installment is basically, is basically of how of how it's all concluded. Like the Hobbit trilogy is concluded, which leads up to the Lord of the Rings. So basically, the action sequences were amazing. Due to the title of the film, because throughout the film we get to have a huge battle between the men, elves, dwarves, orcs, and eagles. Although I think wargs, if I'm saying it correctly, because I did read the book when, back in high school, which was men, elves, dwarves, orcs, and wargs. Or goblins, I should say. There were actually goblins in the book. So anyway, continuing forward, I mean, I also liked how the film opens up with smog... Uh, uh, destroying Lake Town, since in the book, uh, Smog uh, was the one who destroyed Lake Town, but also getting, getting defeated by Bard the Bowman, played by uh, Luke Evans, and like and Smog being voiced by Benedict Cumberbatch. And I like how the film opens up. They defeated Smog in, in Lake Town. Now, continuing forward, uh, the performances of the cast were great. Uh, as always, Martin Freeman as Bilbo Baggins was great, including Ian McKellen's uh, performance as Gandalf the Grey. The visual effects were good. I mean, uh, uh, I know a lot of people ha have stated that some of the visual effects are split down the line between good and bad, but I thought the visual effects were good. Howard Shore's uh, musical, musical score is great, but, and at least the film gives audiences an exciting conclusion, as I mentioned, and it helps kick off the Lord of the Rings trilogy with the One Ring. That's literally an amazing part of why I like this movie. And the uh, sad thing is, Thorin Oakenshield, Orken, Thor uh, the leader of the dwarves, uh, did pass away in that movie. 
just like in the book. For those of you who didn't read the book, uh, Thor Norkenshield uh, uh, passed away passed away in the book. Yes, that's kind of a spoiler alert for those of you who have not read the book. But since I read the book, I kind of know what, what happened. And, and for some of you who have seen the movie, I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys knew what happened. All right, moving forward. Number nine, Star Wars Episode Three: Revenge of the Sith. Well, it looks like we're going back to Star Wars again, huh, folks? <laughs> Prequel trilogies once more. Well, even though even though it's the sixth installment of the Star Wars uh, prequel, no, uh, it may be the sixth installment of the Star Wars franchise, but it still counts as a third installment of the prequel trilogy. And like I mentioned, I have nothing against the pre against the prequel trilogies or any prequels. I think they're good despite their flaws. And episode three is no exception. Even though it's the sixth installment in the franchise, it's still a third installment in the prequel trilogy. Sure, the writing may not uh, be good. I mean, yeah, we had some writing issues, but I thought some of the writing was pretty good in episode three. And the performances of the cast, particularly Ewan McGregor as Obi-Wan Kenobi, was out outstanding and amazing. The visual effects were great. And... Uh, and as always, John Williams' score was brilliant, especially the final battle between Obi-Wan Kenobi and Anakin Skywalker. That is still a major highlight in Episode 3, which is considered to be my favorite lightsaber battle of all time. Which, uh, speaking of which, the action sequences were also great, too. Now, it did, it did kick, kick off the original Star Wars trilogy at the end of Episode 3, not to mention... Uh, making way for uh, future Star Wars movies, which includes Rogue One, which it did help It did help kick off uh, the Rogue One uh, Star Wars movie, which came out in 2016. But anyway, anyway, Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith, is considered to be my favorite third installment of all time in the prequel, in the prequel Star Wars prequel, prequel trilogy. All right, moving on. Number 8, Despicable Me 3. There are... Animation movies do have their fair share of third installments, whether it's um, depending on what studio they come from, like uh, Disney, DreamWorks, Universal, Nickelodeon, Paramount, or depending on the type of studio. So anyway, uh, now uh, I know a lot of people were kind of split about Despicable Me, Despicable Me 3. Now, I thought the movie itself was actually good, and it does have a good third installment. Like, the animation, as always, is good. The voice cast performance, which uh, includes Steve Carell's performance as Gru, with a surprise new character, or should I say, Gru Gru's twin brother Drew, which is also being voiced by Steve Carell. What's also another surprise is that uh, Trey Parker of South Park plays Balthazar Bratt, a new villain that Gru has to face off in the third um, Despicable Me movie. Now, I thought uh, Balthazar Bratt was an amazing villain in the third Despicable Me movie. Like, like he has a thing, a thing for '80s uh, for for the '80s, which I thought was actually a good touch because of the um, '80s soundtrack that literally gave, uh, which I think gave uh, uh, Baby Driver and Guardians of the Galaxies Volume Two's uh, soundtrack a run a run for their music. Now that's just my point. <laughs> Because uh, because uh, the soundtrack of Despicable Me 3 was great, which literally fits into Balthazar Bratt's character. 
Anyway, uh, the minions were also good. I mean, we didn't really get to see much of the minions in Despicable Me 3 since they all split up with Gru. They, they split up with Gru due to the fact of how Gru got fired from the AVL or the Anti-Villain anti League for not stopping Brat. But but at least they saved the, the diamond. But, um, but anyway, uh, continuing forward, I thought the action sequences were good. We're actually pretty good. There were some action sequences I like, including some moments from the minions. We're also very good too. Anyway, uh, overall, the I enjoyed the third Despicable Me movie, and uh, I can't wait to see what uh, what the minion, what the second minions movie will bring pretty soon, and sometime in the 2020s, sometime in the 2020s for a new uh, minion movie. All right, moving forward, number seven, Thor Ragnarok. As I mentioned with animations, superhero films have no shortage of standalone third installments. And uh, Thor Ragnarok is no exception. Anyway, Thor Ragnarok is considered by many to be a major improvement over the first two Thor movies due to the tone, story, and plot. Although the action sequences and performances were good as always, which uh, the first two Thor movies did as well, although it was actually different is basically the tone like they went from uh, a dramatic dark tone in the first two Thor movies to a more lighthearted and funny funny tone while also putting in some darker moments in the film now uh on the plot the plot itself was actually was actually great they literally tackled the uh, the Ragnarok storyline as well as the Planet Hulk storyline which is also great which literally sets up the plot for Thor to take down Hela, played by Kate Blanchett. Now, uh, surprisingly, uh, Thor get lost his hammer. For those of you who have seen Avengers: Infinity War, Thor gets a new uh, gets a new uh, new weapon in the in the third Avengers film, and in the third Thor movie, he loses his hammer. Hammer Mjolnir. Spoiler alert. Any, anyway, uh, anyway, uh, everything I like about Thor Ragnarok is great. Literally everything great, not to mention the mid credit scene sets up Avengers Infinity War perfectly, very well. And that's why I consider Thor Ragnarok as one of my favorite third installments of the Thor trilogy. Alright, moving forward. Number six, the good, the bad, and the ugly. It may be a prequel, but it serves as a third installment of Sergio Leone's Spaghetti Western trilogy. Consider it by many to be the greatest greatest movie and western movies of all time the good and the bad and the ugly is remembered by many i feel like it's remembered by many by the musical score by nino morricone i'm pretty sure i'm pronouncing that correctly i think that's how i'm saying that saying it correctly clint and as always clint eastwood's performance as uh the man with no name or uh, as what tuco likes to say it blonde blonde his clint eastwood's performance was good like I said, the musical score was amazing. The final standoff was probably one of the most memorable memorable moments of the film because not only, not only of the cinematography, but also the music and the close-up close shots of all three uh, characters, including Clint Eastwood's character. Like, literally amazing. Like, literally amazing. Amazing finale to the good, the bad, and the, the, good, the, bad, and the ugly. And that's why it's considered to be my number six of my top 10 favorite third installments all right moving forward number five uh, 
Captain America Civil War. This won't be the last superhero movie on this list because because uh, this is the movie that this is the film that kicked off phase three of the Marvel Cinematic Universe with a different tone, a dark tone. Now, uh, yes, yes, I'm pretty sure a lot of people are going to say like Captain America, the Winter Soldier had the exact same tone as Civil War. But to be clear, though, um, Civil War, in fact, literally set up future Mar MCU 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 films because of the fact of how in Captain America Civil War the Avengers split up. They had to fight each other because of the fact in uh, Avengers Age of Ultron they literally destroyed uh, the entire the, the Soko they destroyed Sokovia even though it was Ultron who destroyed Sokovia. But anyway, um, this is basically a backlash between like the like the like uh, the people people who are a fan of the Avengers while those who who disagree who don't like how the Avengers really destroy things or and not help out even though even though they do any anyway a movie any anyway uh, I liked how the film literally still have amazing action sequences actually fun fact uh, uh, Director David Leach also took part of the film. I think he was uh, one of the unit directors in the film, and I'm pretty sure he might have did some stunts in there, but I could be wrong. But but David Le David Leach was also one of the unit directors in the film, so yeah, I guess that's why the the action sequences were also amazing, including new additions, which includes uh, Spider Spider Man and Black Panther. Spider Man is played by uh, Tom Holland. And Black Panther is played by Chadwick Bosman, and uh, both of these characters in Civil War were great, were great and amazing. And the final battle between Iron Man and Captain America remains as one of the greatest battles of all time. And also mentioned, uh, Captain America was also reunited with Bucky Barnes, aka the Win the Winter Soldier, played by Sebastian Stan. And as always, Chris Evans's performance is performance as Steve Rogers aka Captain America is great too alright mo moving forward number 4 The Dark Knight Rises even though Marvel films have their fair share of third installments and including superhero movies DC does, ha does have their fair share in third installments too particularly one of their greatest DC movies of all time The Dark Knight Trilogy now, The Dark Knight Rises is the epic conclusion to Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight trilogy. As always, Christopher Nolan brings in a great direction to this, to his films, particularly The Dark Knight Rises, including his uh, Dark Knight film. The story was good, and Hans Zimmer's score gives us hype and thrill. And the performances of Christian Bale as Bruce Wayne, a.k.a. Batman, was great, as well as Tom Hardy's addition to the villain Bane, and he was amazing as well. Even though, even though, uh, just my opinion, even though he won't uh, top uh, uh, Heath Ledger's performance performance as Joker, I think Tom Hardy as Bane as Bane was great. He was great, and literally, literally everything that Christopher Nolan did in the Dark Knight trilogy was amazing with the story, characters, musical score, and everything. I think he did a great job. And I thought he, the conclusion to the Dark Knight, the conclusion to the Dark Knight trilogy with the Dark Knight Rises was great and amazing. And uh, I think that's all. That's all I have for uh, the Dark Knight Rises. Anyway, 
All right, moving forward. Number three, Back to the Future, part three. We are going back in time to the Old West. That's right. 1882, the conclusion to the Back to the Future trilogy goes back in time to the Old West. In, no, not 1882. I mean, 1885. My bad. 1885, not 1882. I, I might be thinking of another movie. My, my bad. Okay, anyway. Uh, so basically, this movie takes place in the Old West in 1885. And as always, the chemistry between Michael J. Fox and Christopher Lloyd as Marty McFly and Dr. Emma Brown is still great. What I like about the third film is how is how it concludes the Back to the Future trilogy. Not only the characters are still memorable, including the one of Biff Tannen's ancestors, uh, Buford Mad Dog Tannen, which is still being played by Thomas F. Wilson. As always, Thomas F. Wilson brings in a, an amazing performance as as the titular villain Biff Tannen, which even his ancestors is which even his ancestors still has the same type of connection in relation to Biff Tannen. But anyway, but anyway uh, as always the movie, uh, as always the characters are memorable. Setting is also great and as uh, and including including Alan Silvestri's score, which is also memorable. I also like the the train sequence where they try to get Try to use the train to bring Marty McFly back to 1985, and that's actually one of the most uh, amazing, amazing uh, sequence action sequences of all time. It leaves all, me and the audiences in the seats, literally leaves everybody on the edge of their seats, literally, literally, literally by thrill, excitement of of basically of this sequence, literally the train sequence in Back to the Future Three is literally amazing, literally amazing, as well. As well as everything, including have how, including how Marty McFly gets back to 1985 and soon realizes how, how his future was also fixed thanks to the thanks to the aforementioned uh, Back to the Future Part Two, where Marty McFly got Mar the future of Marty McFly got fired from his job. But at least in 1985, he very almost crashed into a car, which I liked how he decided not to race uh, Needles, one of his um, former uh, bullies in Back to the Future Part Three. I like how. He altered it, like not deciding not to go for that race anyway, for that car race anyway. That was actually a pretty good idea. Probably was pretty much pretty smart move on Marty McFly. All right, moving forward. Number two, Avengers: Infinity War. I'm pretty sure some of you may see number number one coming after I do Avengers: Infinity War, but before going into the Avengers: Infinity Infinity War, I actually had this as my number one choice. But uh, going through other third installments, there was some competition. There was a lot of competition between these third installments. So anyway, and I'm pretty sure uh, a lot of you guys may may see number one in a different way. All right, moving moving on. Uh, Captain America: Civil War and the Winter Soldier may have changed the tone to the to the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but Infinity War gave it a run for its for its money. That's right. <laughs> That's right, or should I say, a run for his Infinity Stones? Yep, because uh, Thanos got all six Infinity Infinity Stones in Avengers: Infinity War. All right, the story was all over the place because of the hype for this movie, and I'm not, I'm not messing around. I'm not I'm not kidding. I mean, the story itself was literally all over, like literally, literally left and right. So much hype going on for Avengers: Infinity War, even though Endgame Endgame did. Did, did a lot more hype, but Infinity War literally had audience audiences literally left and right, 
going all over the place. Literally, literally picking up for wh where Thor Ragnarok ended. Ended with Thanos with the opening scene with Thanos and his ar and his army literally retrieving the Tesseract, and like and literally killing Loki as well as Heimdall and and half of the other Asgardians, but at least some of them escaped. So anyway, anyway, that was a little spoiler for for those who have not seen Infinity War yet. But anyway, <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. This was this was a very hyped movie. But, but continuing forward, the performances of the cast was great, including a new addition with Josh Brolin as Thanos. He was an amazing villain. Thanos was an amazing villain. He did have a motive. He knew what he wanted to do, and he did at the end of the movie. Literally, literally wiping out half the universe. That was literally a dark moment for, for a lot of people, including fans all around. And continuing on, the visual effects were great. Alan Silvestri's return to score the the Avengers soundtrack, which I, which um, I mean, Avengers: Infinity War was great. The direction of the Russo brothers, Anthony and Joe Russo, was great. They did an amazing job with the third Avengers movie. And uh, I know, and I know, the editing itself was a bit of a cliffhanger and a surprise, literally, and and literally. Setting up Avenger, which literally sets up Avengers Endgame perfectly. All right. Now we are moving on to my number one choice. Number one, The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. Taking the top spot on this list is going, is heading there and back to Middle Earth. <laughs> yeah, but we're, we just started from The Hobbit. At number 10, going all the way up to number 1, which is The Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King. And I'm pretty sure a lot of you guys saw this coming. Yes, and I'm pretty sure you have. Because, because the, Lord, the Lord of the Rings, The Return of the King, is the epic conclusion to the Lord of the Rings trilogy, where the Fellowship is fighting the armies of Mordor and destroying the One Ring. That's right. That's right. And, man, just like Infinity War, the story itself was all over the place. And yes, the the Return of the King is also based off of the Return of the King book, which is written by J.R.R. Tolkien. And uh, Peter Jackson did an amazing job with this movie, including the other Lord, Lord of the Lord of the Rings movies, especially the Hobbit. He I thought he did good with the Hobbit trilogy as well, but the Lord of the Rings: Return of the King was actually one of his best movies that he actually did of all time. L literally, uh, uh, the performances of the cast was great. I mean, I wish I could nail name off all a lot of cast members, but <laughs> it's just so many to so many to name. It would have taken a lot of time to do. But anyway, moving on. Howard Shore's music score was great as always. The visual effects were amazing, particularly the Army of the Dead. They literally nailed the visual effects on the Army of the Dead perfectly in the Lord of the Rings. The art direction was amazing, and I thought the setting was great since it takes place in Middle Earth, not to mention they had a filament in New Zealand, which is also amazing, and not to mention, like, it seems like New Zealand looks like Middle Earth as well, but uh, moving moving forward, uh, cost, costume design was great. Characters, as always, was, also, was memorable and amazing, and the final battle for Middle Earth was great as well. And fun fact, it won 11 Academy Awards, including Best Picture, literally sweeping, uh, sweeping the Oscars, tying with uh, Ben-Hur and Titanic for winning 11 Academy Awards. 
That is actually a very true fact. And that is why the Lord of the Rings, the return of my, no, I mean, the Lord of the Rings, the return of the king is considered as being my number one favorite third installment of all time. Okay, that was it. That was my third episode of Kodos Cinema. So what do you guys think? You think I'm missing some third installments or, or, or you think this is actually good? Well, to me, I think this is pretty good. But if you guys have any third installment ideas, uh, feel free, feel free to do, feel free to do one. You know, I mean, you know, hey, if you have a, th- if you guys have a favorite third installments, feel free to do it. You know, it doesn't have to be from my list, but it, it can be from uh, your list of your list of your own. Anyway, this is actually pretty good. All right, thank you so much for tuning in to Kodo's Cinema, and thank you, and thank you so much. For, for tuning in, as always. Anyway, anyway or I hope you guys have a great mon- have a good Monday and, a, and an amazing week. We also got family weekend coming up uh, this coming weekend, so enjoy your family weekend and uh, good luck uh, and good luck to uh, the Panthers, to our football team, the Panthers uh, this week as they go up, go up against Tennessee Tech. Anyway, anyway, thank you all for tuning in to Kodo's uh, Cinema. I'm your host, Mark Cotto. Have a have a good Monday afternoon and and have an amazing week. And I'll see you all next week. <laughs>